I'm really confused by these movies. Oh, the Matrix. That's the key. Uh, The plural would be um, matrices. Oh, yeah, it would be. Welcome to Your Inner Child is an Idiot, the podcast where we look back on things from our childhood and see if they're any good. My name's DJ. My name's Damon. Welcome, Damon. I don't know. I don't know who I was welcoming. I already welcomed Maybe the listeners. the listeners at home or on mass transit. Yeah. Or they could be in their own car. They, on they got the subway? Are you a New Yorker? Are you a tough-as-nails New Yorker on your way to your job listening to a podcast? You know, you got your Beats by Dre on. Someone's micturated in the seat next to you. Maybe you're just like a classic hang-loose Californian stuck in traffic. Actually, if you are, don't... I want you to stop listening. Oh, rude. uh. (laughs) So today we are talking about the final installment of The Matrices. Ads of this recording. The final. True. Yeah. Apparently more to come. (laughs) Threatening us with more to come. Like the domestic terrorists that the Wachowskis are. (laughs) Uh, Matrix Revolutions, right? Correct. Yeah. Check your work. Matrix Good. <laughs> Had to look at the file name because I looked it up before then and immediately forgot, which is about what I'm expecting from this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, you- do you have um, – have you seen this one? I have. Not, not since it came out. I literally saw it once, exactly once. I am in, in the, the same theater. boat. I, we, I didn't even go to the theater. Me oh. and my friends uh, rented it, and we're like, let's just fucking get this over let's with. Just do this, and let's move on with our lives. Let's just, we all are here at the Blockbuster, or possibly the <laughs> It's Showtime video of Goodlitzville, Tennessee, circa 19, wait, 2003 or whatever. Yeah. And we rented it, and uh, just like, yep, that's about what I expected. Yeah, I, what I remember about this one, because I was supremely having just watched, spoiler alert, for those of you who haven't listened to our Matrix Reloaded episode yet, we're yes. obviously going to be referencing that. Why don't you listen to them in order, you freak of nature? I mean, it's so obvious. Why would you even be here and listen to the previous episodes? Why are you being so obstinate? Just stop. Um, Thank you. We, I, I watched that one, was pretty disappointed. Having watched it in Surprisingly, rest, I, I was not, though. Yeah, and I was, I was disappointed when it first came out. And then this one... My expectations were lowered, having seen mm-hmm. Reloaded, and I was you. like six months prior because they came out really close to each other. Right, I, and this one I was okay with. I felt like it was like it didn't get anywhere near the first one for me at the time, but it was like a good like sci-fi war movie, right? Like as opposed to like a heady blow your mind college philosophy sci-fi war movie like the first <laughs> one. Uh, I remember. I guess because my friends and I rented the video disc with the intention of, quote, let's get this over with. And I remember the movie having a very inconclusive ending. And so I was like, wait, we didn't even get this over with. Right. So I remember leaving. And by leaving, I mean turning off my own personal DVD player frustrated. When this is, you know, 16 years hence, so it could just be time. But I don't remember what happens at all as far as like even broad strokes of i know neo goes blind at some point you have reminded me of that i had completely forgotten that and i know nope that's it and i, I remember I the remember... oracle is played by a new woman because right. uh 
Deborah Foster, is that her name? Glory, Glofo. Gloria Foster. Glofo, of course. Um, she, you have a better memory because you edit our episodes. <laughs> That's really the only <laughs> reason why. Um, Gloria Foster died in between. Even though it was such a short turnaround, she yeah. died in between the two. I think she, they said something about, I was reading an article, IMDb trivia or something. Mm, so I don't know if this is really true. Uh, but she died actually in the filming of the last movie, but they had enough to like finish it. I see. Because they filmed them near each other, but it wasn't exactly like Lord of the Rings where they like filled it, filmed it all at once. Right. I don't think. Um, so she, she died between, so I remember that, uh, she's played by a, a different actress. Yeah. And they, they write it in to the story and it kind of, I mean, it makes sense enough that you're like, okay. And literally the only thing I actually visually remember is a man, uh, wearing sort of like a mech outfit, like kind of like what Ripley wears in yeah, Aliens, and, yeah. uh, shooting at the sky um, at Sentinels entering Zion and just yelling, which is a very big trope yeah, in yeah, yeah. these type of bullshit movies. Right. Yeah, it does, I, I remember it kind of devolving into just like straight up, which, you know, okay. You know, I, I'm not categorically opposed to that for it's like it makes, you know, got to have big climaxes the third of a trilogy. I guess. It's probably my least favorite thing. Yeah. Probably my second uh, least favorite thing behind stoner philosophizing about what if this weren't <laughs> real, man. Uh, it's it's guns, like giant, ridiculous guns lasting for like a 50-minute battle right. sequence. I'm like, all right, I got it. Well, I'm, I'm curious to watch it again because I don't remember a resolution. Like, I... I it's don't, not called Matrix Resolutions, yeah, I'll tell you that much. That's true. But I mean, I don't remember, because like in the, the end of the last movie, it reloaded, He all of a sudden Neo has powers outside of the Matrix, and that's a big like, what? What the fuck? Sure, he's flying, he's... he's well, no, he's not flying, he like... Getting into Trinity's binary code and getting no, bullets out. That's all inside the Matrix. You're I mean, absolutely like when, right. he, when he stops the sentinels outside of the like he's in real life i mean supposedly can we stop saying in and out and just say blue or green so yeah. i can identify which Sorry. is which he's inside in the matrix is green outside right. is blue in blue town he has powers yes. you're right you're absolutely yeah. right that's a what and as then you said so aptly and then i don't remember getting like sort of a satisfactory explanation of that and maybe that's just my memory so i'm excited to see if maybe it's it holds up better than i thought which is possible well, the last one held up better than I thought, and I think the metaphor clicked with me for whatever reason better in the second one than it did the first time I ever saw it. So the metaphor of the metaphor of the Matrix and computers and the okay. reboots and architects and okay. clicky pens uh, <laughs> and men who talk like this. I was watching. Uh, it came up on like just something on uh, my Twitter feed or something that the MTV Movie Awards. In the year 2003 yeah. when they did like a parody of that and Will Ferrell was the architect. It was very bad. It was a very bad sketch. Okay. <laughs> it was a funny idea because I was like, oh, Will Ferrell's dressed up as the architect. I'm on board. Mm-hmm. And then they just use – they used Keanu Reeves like actual footage from the movie. Yeah, that's that the thing on the movie awards. And then Sean William Scott and Justin Timberlake, I guess, were the hosts that year, which is – an interesting pairing. That is, that really hones it down to exactly what, <laughs> not even what year, but like what three month period this was filmed in. <laughs> you got to yeah, get the crossover of Justin Timberlake, Timberlake's solo career and Sean William Scott's revelance. Well, it's like, it, it's, and this happens with a lot of those, like some of those sketches are brilliant, but some of this, they were like, we're going to have Will Ferrell as the architect, right. we're going to have the hosts. And they didn't come up what with any other wrong? ideas. <laughs> They're like, no, you need to have, 
a joke idea. <laughs> Why are they here? For example, that's one one way to start. Get the ball rolling. You know, just get the sketch. You know, just sort no of, bad ideas. Else? No anyone bad else? ideas. Why are they here? No one. No one's raising their hands. No one. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll just put them in in the costume, and you'll probably get some. You'll get some. We'll do something funny. Do some funny shit. I feel like that was probably that's sad. probably what happened. He's like, I can click the pen maybe more. Yes. Perfect. Please. Will, that's why you're you're here. He does say like vis-a-vis and accordant concordingly or whatever. <laughs> Concordantly. Um Do you have anything else? I think we're we no, basically I, covered I all of our have bases. Any, okay. Any so semblance of a memory. As of the recording of this episode, it's uh Matrix Matrix Revolutions is available on Hulu, so you can find it there. We're gonna watch it there. And uh we'll be back in a few minutes. Yeah, we'll I don't know why. We'll I be find, right back. You yeah. don't even you don't even have to wait a few minutes. Yeah, and the people who left and the Californians, come on back. Come on I'm back. sorry, yeah. that was on me. I got mad. You guys are cool. I'm, I'm just disappointed, but you can stay for the rest of the show. <laughs> we have, we have some messages from our our audiences. Uh huh. Yes, members we, of our audience. We've uh, been contacted by members of you. And Damon would like to share audience. some of those messages. Both of me. Both of them are me. Well, they're both addressed to you, aren't they? <sighs> I mean, yeah. well, no, Jeremy I guess, I guess Jeremy addressed both, both of us. But you have it this pulled up on your phone right great. now. <laughs> Let me start with Jeremy's message. So Jeremy addressed us and said, "Like DJ, uh, his, oh sorry." Jeremy uh, reached out to us and, and said, um, his email was titled Variations on Short Circuit, which okay. of course was our 100th episode. Our, one had, our live episode for celebrating our 100th. Correct. Yeah. Um, and he says, like DJ, this film was part of the tapestry of my childhood, mm. though most of my short circuit memories are from Short Circuit 2. Mm. Yeah, we'll get a to it. A far more watchable film, in my opinion. Wow. Okay. It says Los Locos Forever. Mm-hmm. Lost on me. However, Kick I have your two, balls into outer space. I have two running gags throughout my life that are from this first movie. The word pepper is a trigger word that always makes me and my brother say, in that unfortunate thick Indian accent, wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? Mm. Or wouldn't you like to be a pepper too? There's ellipses. <laughs> so just now, every time I run across chili peppers, black pepper, Dr. Pepper, peppercorns, peppermint, pepper in the musical Annie, or any other incarnation of the word, my brother and I look at each other and say, wouldn't you like to be a pepper, too? <laughs> Number two, also growing up, I would help my mom mix things in the kitchen, like mashed potatoes or cake mix. And when using the electric mi- mixer, I would always stop and say, still lumpy. <laughs> and when it wasn't quite done, and then perfect when it was f- when it was finished. <laughs> I have no memories of Short Circuit, I'm starting to realize. <laughs> From this movie, I mean, I guess it's been several months at this point, but still, it wasn't that long ago anymore. <laughs> I watched you watch it. Uh, he also goes on to mention, if you haven't seen Hot Cars, Cold Facts, a Short Circuit short, it is absolutely not worth your time. <laughs> okay, right, good to know. And it's one of the most boring PSAs you will see, but it is unofficially billed by some idiots as Short Circuit 3. Okay. Uh, it is a red pill you must swallow no matter how distasteful, like The Matrix Revolutions, the subject of today's show. Oh. Uh, it is an offer that you can't refuse, like The Godfather Part 3, also the subject of today's show. You watched that beforehand, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It is a doomed monument to man's arrogance you must visit, like Jurassic Park 3. <laughs> 
Uh, he sent us the link to it, and we can put that in our show notes. Sure. Is that something we do? Sure. We can do that. <laughs> As for your analysis of Short Circuit, I have one thing to add. Perhaps even more offensive than F- Fisher Stevens' characters, the terrible acting by Ali Sheedy. This is by far her worst over-the-top performance, and you two, you two seem to let her off the hook as charming or inoffensive in some way. But you are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry I couldn't make it to the live show, but I'm still loving the podcast every time I catch up with it. So yeah. Self-aggrandizement right at the end. Much appreciated, Jeremy. Thank you. Um, and he's looking forward to uh, The Wizard, which is in the past, but yeah. not to Jeremy. <laughs> uh, I was also reached out by fan and also friend, uh, Marie. Hello, Marie. Who was angry... Okay. Visibly angry through her text messages. Oh, All um, caps. At the way Treason. Uh, we sort of glossed over Jenny from Forrest Gump. Okay. Uh, about her sexual trauma at the hands of her father. Sure. Um, I don't think we did bring it up, but I feel like we alluded to it. Um, yeah. I don't, honestly don't remember. And it's possible that we discussed it. You edit the show. I rely on you to remember well, what I said. Well, it's also possible that I edited it out. Uh, <laughs> wow, erasing so, women's experiences. Yeah, DJ I Phillips. I don't remember specifically doing that, but that doesn't mean I didn't do it. But uh, she's saying we just didn't, we just glossed we over it. We didn't address it, and I think uh, what she was saying is that it really speaks to her character's motivations sure. and maybe why she, she does what she does throughout the movie. I think that's fair. And, like, you know, it it, it also it not necessarily explains anything but like this we both agreed it was still a reductive read on jenny but yes she was she was she was she kept waiting in the episode for us to bring it up and we didn't marie i say this to you granted (laughs) (laughs) marie i say this to you duly noted (laughs) so if you want to reach out to us or just give us your money you can reach out to us on patreon.com slash you know child is an idiot you actually can't reach out to us that way yeah you can oh that's what i meant that's what i meant you can also do that become a member send us a message let us know let us know what you want us to watch or what you think about the episodes that you've you've heard. I think it's very obvious that I'm familiar with the um, user interface of Patreon.com. Very. Your inner child is Very familiar. <laughs> so do that. Go there. <laughs> Become a patron. Thank you. And we are. Oh, sorry, I just fell asleep again. DJ, why don't you give us a recap of the Matrix Three: The Revolution Season? <clears throat> Matrix Three: Chipwrecked. <laughs> um, so you all remember very well what happened in Matrix Two. So I don't need to recap that for you. No it's need. Extremely memorable. So the machines are closing in on Zion. Uh, Neo is knocked out. Agent Smith has inhabited the body of a person whose name I can't remember. Bane. Bane. All right. How could I have forgotten? I am Gotham's Reykjavik. Yeah. Um, Reykjavik? That's uh, what it sounds like to me. Ragnarok. Ragnarok. I am Gotham's Ragnarok. Um, Bane, we're n- you're not coming through in the back. <laughs> he and they're both unconscious. Head to head, as any medical doctor would say, is the best way to ha- treat mm-hmm. two unconscious yep. people. Get their brains as close together as possible because the energy between them will help regenerate their cells. Yeah. What? So the crew, like sort of some of the crew of Nebuchadnezzar, including Morpheus and Trinity, some of the crew of some other ships, they're out away from Zion. 
one of the ships that uh, uh, Jada Pinkett Smith was on, she's missing. We don't know where she is. But Zion is preparing for the onslaught. And then a bunch of shit happens that does not really affect the plot for mm-hmm. about 35% of the movie. Mm-hmm. And then the robots attack. And uh, Neo's like kind of, he's able to, he's like in, be- in an in-between world, but he makes his way back into the real world. He lives in like, a, he has a connection. The way that he's sort of able to, at the end of the last movie, fight the Sentinels, like use his powers in the real world, is basically he's some sort of connected being between the Matrix and the real world. I think it's better to describe him as almost like Evie from the syndicated 80s TV show, Out of This World, where she could touch her fingertips together and it would freeze time. That's yeah. pretty much Neo's power, That's- but in the real world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see another way to explain it, really. <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like it's like one of those things that is explained so well you can't think of another way. It's like right. a magic eye poster. Once you see it, you're like, that's all I can see. <laughs> so the the robots descend on a Zion and they fucking John lay, robot. They lay waste to it, but eventually uh, the the uh, the ship makes it back, launches or uh, t- turns on the EMP. Shuts down a bunch of robots. Now EMP is... Robots. Electromagnetic pulse. Exactly. You may remember that from the first movie. I actually didn't because I made you stop this movie and tell me what happened. <laughs> it's the thing... In this movie, it's the thing where they turn a key and it, it zaps everything. But it also zaps the ship. It zaps everything. So right. that's why it also... While it did kill all the robots that were in the immediate vicinity, it also killed all their machinery that they were using right. to fight. It's a, it's a last result. Yeah. Resort. Yeah. Not and last result. So the, the human beings retreat into the bowels of Zion. But lo and behold, f- some more fucking robots show up. Ah, how many of these are there? But eventually, a now blinded Neo. It's not important now. It <laughs> does not matter why. We'll talk about it more. Uh, makes his way to Machine City. Mm-hmm. Which is the mm-hmm. head? Which implies there's lots of machines. Yeah, and it is. It's it's Robot Central. It's Robot mm-hmm. Robot HQ, and he and Trinity beautiful make, theater district though. Yes, it's a vibrant arts community. <laughs> Trinity and Neo make their way through many robots to the master robot Trinity dying in the process. Right. So I was going to push back on they make it through. Sure. He makes they it through. Don't. Well, yeah, they make it through through the robots, but Trinity dies in the process. Trin Trin gets rebarred to death. Yeah. And uh Neo makes it all the way to King Baby Robot, which is <laughs> uh, a giant robot made of many robots in the face of the Gerber baby who talks to him and's like, "Hey, I'm just going to kill you." And he's like, "Tell you what? You can't control Agent Smith. Agent Smith's in your matrix right now, taking over every fucking thing in there." Which is true. And he's Fact like, one. You can't stop him, but I can because reasons. You know what he's doing? He's say, he's. It's almost like he called up the Matrix and he said, why don't you do me a favor? Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me make the Matrix work for you. So Neo makes a deal with King Baby Robot. He's like, listen, you can't beat Smith, but I can. So let me back in the Mach. <laughs> let me beat up. Let me beat up. Uh, Smiths. Yeah. Uh, what's his actual name? Elrond. Yeah. Let me be. Let me beat up Elrond and Elrond Hubbard, as I like to call him. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorite <laughs> AV Club commenter names. 
I would also accepted Rex from Babe. Oh, yep. And uh, I can't remember his name from Priscilla Queen of the Desert. Mm. Let me let me go beat up Hugo Weaves, and then and he's like, "I'm King Baby Robert. What do you want?" And he's like, <laughs> "I just want peace. All I want is peace in the Middle East, bro." Mm-hmm. And uh, we don't get an answer for King, ba- King Baby Robert, but he does jack him into the Matrix. Whoa! Be and careful, that's filth. Be careful how you say Jack in, but that's they do Especially say that. Those babies. I feel like they say they use jacked in in the very first one. It's always jarring, and they. I feel like they they come close to abusing it in this third film. <laughs> we'll talk, we can talk about that more later. Um, and so, of course, there's a big battle sequence between a big fight sequence between Neo and Agent Smith, and Neo prevails by being absorbed by Smith and then becoming a crucifix of light. Killing all the Smiths at once. Yeah. And I don't know. He dies in the process as well. So Neo's dead. Trinity's dead. But the robots honor their promise. They honor the deal. All the uh, Sentinel robots that were about to kill all the people in Zion, they had just been kind of swarming and waiting. They just go away. And we see a scene at the end where the architect and the oracle meet. Presumably the parents of the Matrix kind sure. of kind of established. And basically it sounds like anybody who wants to be freed from the Matrix will be freed from the Matrix. And, and you and I would be like, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm going to stay here. Jack me back in, Jack. Yeah, just go ahead and jack me. <laughs> and I know that and was And the not- robot's like, sorry? I'm like, oh, in. Jack me in. Jack me in. Sorry. sorry. Uh, you got to be real careful with a preposition at the end of that. You don't want to be jacked off by a robot. It sounds bad. Pull it right off. They, they don't know. They don't know their own strength. They don't know. <laughs> Actually, they literally know exactly their own strength. Yeah, they have the exact datum on what the ergs they have. What they don't know is your weakness. <laughs> um, Which is my dick being ripped off. <laughs> just one of my many, many weaknesses is having one my penis One of my weaknesses is bullets and two, <laughs> dick being ripped off by machines. My weaknesses are literally everything. <laughs> I did watch you stub your toe and hip simultaneously oh. on a table today, and I thought we I should just head home. That was we, I we thought almost, we were done. We almost canceled the recording. That was that was bad. Uh, fully recovered now. Mazel um, tov. Thank you. Um, that was a Rosh very Hashanah. that was a very long synopsis, but I don't I don't know what I just said even. <sighs> I'd like to focus our attentions as we uh, start this. I like to think of it as a conversation. Um, <laughs> well, nice. With the thirty-five percent of the movie just that completely is, just threw in the trash can. Charitable of you. <laughs> uh, so I'd like to. I'm going to say some names, and you just you just tell me what you think. Yeah. Train man. Vital character. <laughs> uh, the Train man ma- is Tom Cruise's brother. <laughs> right, he counts cards and he runs trains. Mm-hmm. Um, you got the Merovingian. The Merovingian. Good in the previous movie. Correct. Unnecessary in this movie. But his necktie in this movie is in a Merovingian knot, so okay. worth the screen time. For sure. Um, is that also what, so when Neo appears in the, the limbo area, the, there's like a subway station that is like basically limbo between the Matrix and the real world that he wakes up in, and well, he has the- a crazy like cravat. Ne- like, is I that- didn't catch it, um, okay. but um, maybe everyone's cursed to have a Merovingian knot uh, when, when they're you're in a when they're in, or in yeah. the limbo. So I was confused. So is that the connection between when they said 
they said it was the world, the machine world. Does that mean the Matrix? I thought it was because they said this is the connection between the Matrix and the machine world. Right. Do I, they consider the real world the machine I world? I think so. I okay. think so. I think you'd have to. Because, and basically, the this, what was it called? What was it the limbo? It was Mobile. Mobile. Mobile be, Avenue. Mobile Avenue. It's like a subway stop. And basically, the train, trainman works for Merovingian, mm-hmm. and he smuggles programs in and out, I guess, which is like, what? Because the programs can escape, quote unquote, to the world and live right but the girl that we actually see smuggled out she's in she ends up in the the matrix Matrix. i don't so they sort of they sort of uh, skate on the edge of establishing a mythology about what the programs can and can't do but they don't explain it but they it's dissatisfactorily unexplained like sometimes you could not not explain something and you're like i don't need to know that it's magic but, right. they, but instead, they like set up this whole new mythology in this movie, and it's like, what the fuck is that? With the train man? I don't know who that is. <laughs> and then they sort, they do explain it, but it's like really, like it's like half explained. And then they're like, they're talking about the Merovingian, who we did barely establish in the last movie. But I'm still not clear on like what he was doing in the last movie because he's more like he's a hands off villain. He like sets all these things in motion. Like he was, he was. Basically, the bad villain, the main villain of the last movie, but not really, because like he's not in any of the fight sequences. He's not uh, like he's sort of his henchmen are. Yes. Everyone seems to be connected to him, but yeah. he was after the the keymaker. Right. He sent the twins after those people. Persephone was his wife, who kind of helped them, helped our team. Uh, but and then this one, he's even less in the movie, and yeah. he's only in like the first third. And it's like, what the fuck are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm still, I, I can't remember if we covered this in the last episode, but did we figure out what his, what is his like computer corollary? Like, is he a hacker or is he just like, uh, like a McAfee security system or what is he supposed to be doing? Cause he runs a lot of programs. He writes a lot of programs. Right. Is he just sort of he like, is the a program cl- right. Well. He is yeah. also a program. Does he just like sort of clean up the matrix or add, you know, some beauty to the matrix? Cause he's very into beauty and, you know, yeah. sexy parties. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. And I don't, but I, he's in this movie for like 30, you know, the first First third, sort of. He's really just in one scene, but everything yeah. in the first third sort of revolves around him that. because he's essentially keeping Neo hostage. Right. And he releases Neo after, you know, Trinity sort of corners him, puts a gun to his forehead and calls it a day. And he's like, okay, I guess so. Basically, and he asks he, for the Oracle's eyes, something he never gets. Yeah. So he I don't know where that's going. He outsmarts our, our team, he, uh, Seraph, and who was originally like Oracle's bodyguard in the la- second movie. So he, yeah. uh, they're Merovingian, like outsmarts Seraph, Neo, or uh, Seraph, Morpheus, and Trinity, but they solve it through pointing a gun at his head. Yeah. And eventually they get out of it. They fight their way out of it. They his always know how to trap. crack that nut, and it's usually putting a gun to its head. Yeah. And he's basically, she's basically like, I'll kill you, and I don't care if I die. And he's, he's sort of like, I, I think he's less threatened than charmed by the fact that she's so willing to sacrifice herself. 
for Neo. That Which sort like, of plays off of, uh, I mean, Persephone, Maria Bello character, right. uh, she gets to... Uh, she it, loves just, him. She loves him. She gets to sort of repeat, and Merovingian gets to sort of be a part of it. Of right. How love makes you crazy, blah, blah, blah. And that's the kind of theme of Trinity and Neo in this is that, you know, people are like, like, first thing, uh, (laughs) oh my God, in the train station, Neo meets another program, uh, three programs that are trying to to get, so it's two, like a a husband and wife kind of program that are trying to smuggle their, their daughter out to somewhere and Sati and she ends up. You know, we see her at the end of the movie, so she she survived. But she becomes part of the Oracle's crew. Yeah, and he the the husband has a discussion with Neo, and he first said like, oh, "You are in love. I see it." <laughs> and his favorite, uh, sorry, his friend. It was, it was just a, yeah, it was like a French accent. It was like, but like a Disney French accent, <laughs> like but the someone past. talking to the lady in the tramp. <laughs> but then he he does my favorite trope. I'm just gonna skip to that because Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Two, at least two separate times, he's like, they mention love, and he's like, love is a word. Now the concept, and it's like, yeah, that's what fucking words are. Right. They're representation of a concept. That's how language works. <laughs> I say, big white bear. Now, I didn't create a big white bear, <laughs> but you're picturing one in your mind now. <gasps> that's the power of fiction, <laughs> to quote our friend Paul F. Tompkins. Um, yeah, it's... Uh- you also stated, can a program have a daughter? I don't know how that relationship works. But I guess if programs create other programs, like the Merovingian, right. I guess that's how that works. Well, and, you know, this is not current computer programming. This is supposed to be, like, hundreds of years, in the like, centuries in the future. So, I, and, you know, AI is sentient, has its own will, and apparently emotions. We see anger from machines, and we see love. Sure. We see, so... You know, I'm I'm accepting of a certain amount of it, but it it feels very like sp- like sprinkled on mythology without. It, it's like it's a halfway point that is very confusing to me. It's like either we're gonna dive in, you're gonna do some heavy world building, yeah, and I'm I'm along for the ride, or you're gonna kind of like let a lot of that go and not explain it. But they do this halfway thing, which gets me like sort of interested. Where you're like, wait, 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 you just talked <laughs> for like five whole minutes, and I still don't understand what you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, that is this movie to a T. Yeah. Uh, There were several, I mean, for the first third of the movie, people are constantly asking questions and no (laughs) one is answering them. But then even more frustratingly, the characters in the movie accept them as answers. Right. Um, But I do want to point out something before we abandon the Merovingian. Two things. Never abandon. We never see the train man or Merovingian again. They're never referred to again, even, it feels like. Um, even, a, even though they sort of create this character of like, who is the train man? He runs this train. What, what does the train mean? And then it's like, it's just sort of treated as an obstacle for just a few minutes. And then it's no longer an obstacle ever again. It's very, it's not even like how, like it would make sense that, oh, like during the halfway mark when, when, when Neo decides he has to go to machine city, uh, the machine capital of the world, I might add. Jesus fucking Christ. Uh, he, would use the train. I'm like, oh, of course. Here's where the train comes in. No, he's just right. going to use a ship. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, why did we there. build this thing? Um, I do also want to point out about the Merovingian. He's hosting a BDSM sex party. <laughs> he's sex What is he doing? Sitting on a couch with his wife. Sipping. You have all these people, various combinations, lady man, lady lady, mm-hmm. boy boy, 
sitting on a couch, drinking a martini, we don't, fully clothed with his wife. We don't see much uh, BDSMing going on, just more the clothing. Everyone's equipped for it. Yeah, they're ready for it. It's that first part of the orgy where it's a little awkward. You're getting to know everyone. <laughs> you don't know what you're about to do. Just checking things out, seeing who's around the bar. Uh, things hadn't gotten started. Getting yet. hydrated. <laughs> right. You want to... Don't want to get dehydrated in the well, middle of it. And let me tell you this: I, you know, I don't want to defend it, especially once you get that leather gear on. When you have the very whole hot full, full body gimp suit, you're going to be sweating in there. We well, got to get a, the breathable kind. You know, they've got. Well, you want to unzip around the mouth for sure, and yeah. around the genitals. <laughs> Two things. Well, you know, and I don't want to defend the movie too much, but one thing you're definitely want to. What I've understand about these kind of parties is that you're going to want to rest up. So <laughs> he's just sort of prepping. True. You don't want to be on your feet the whole time and then find yourself in the middle of, of, of everything and you're like, oh, can I just sit down? Yeah. <laughs> I'm cramping. Although, I mean, can I'm I have sure a banana? Offer... And I, I mean, a literal banana. <laughs> no, I sorry, have a Greg, horse. I do. I, I love a joke, Greg, but listen, I actually want a banana. Listen, save that penis for later. I want an actual banana, please. Um, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, you know, Morpheus, Cypher, and, uh, or sorry, Morpheus, Seraph, and Trinity come in. And they're coming on real puritanical, real they, sex negative. They come in in the gun sprinkler they've, formation. They've got the the machine guns. They're about to yeah. shoot all these nice, wholesome people, about to have a nice, friendly orgy. Rude. Yeah, it is. Rude. Very rude. I, I Just like Phyllis Shafley right there with, with machine guns, of course. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, so also in the, in this first bit, we because one of the big mysteries when we – earlier in this episode and at the end of the last movie was, you know, all of a sudden Neo can use his powers outside of the Matrix. What does that mean? How? What's the explanation? They explain it sort of. Neo's oh, power, are we talking about the Oracle now? Well, yeah. Neo's power comes from the source, he learns, mm-hmm. which is where he was with the architect. He needed to go to the source. Oh, so because he conjoined with the architect, met with the architect, he's got these powers now? I don't know. You'd I think know. the architect would be like, please do not join me. Well, I mean, it's just, <laughs> please don't come here. He's basically, I don't think that like that interaction ne- necessarily gave him powers, but his power is not just that he can manipulate matri- the Matrix in ways that other humans can't. He can also He can also have these powers outside of the Matrix, which is like, okay. Sure. Okay. Okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Oracle is uh, has been recast as uh, right. Mary Alice is playing her now. Um, and honestly, sometimes we've gotten really savvy as as TV and movie viewers. And you know, there used to be a trick like in the fifties. They're just, hey, you know what? Bewitched is on. It's a whole new fucking Darren. We're not going to address it. It's just yeah. a new guy playing Darren. Don't worry about it. Uh, I mean, uh, soap operas do this still to this day, but yeah. I think at some point it's like, we can't just ha- recast someone. We have to explain why they recast them. Right. And I feel like there's part of me that it's like, you know what? I understand that people die. Right. You just recast it. I don't care. Yeah. It's, you know, Especially I'm, if your response to recasting it is going to, you know, just say that the Merovingian at some point did something to the Oracle, and now she looks like this different, older black lady. Well, and the other thing is, like, if they were, if they, if that was the the decision of how they were going to deal with it, that's what they decided on. They're going to, like, basically, she had to get a new shell. They say, sure. Why did they? Why did they make another old black lady? Like <laughs> that just makes it seem like you're trying to make her look. Like Gloria Foster. Like Gloria Foster. 
Which no, you know, no, nothing against Mary Alice. I think she did fine. I don't think she had as much to work with as Gloria Foster did in the first movie. You got the feeling from her. She's like, I, I'm left with all this nonsense talk. Yeah, she has a lot of exposition to carry, like nonsensical, right off the bat. Yeah, and she does fine. But like, it's also like it's just kind of it's a little confusing. They should have either just not said anything, or just I don't know, cast like a like a. A small child, a genderless, you know, Swedish boy. Yeah, like why? Yeah, it just seemed very weird. They wanted to have it both ways to create this mythos, like Doctor Who, where she, you know, every few, every so often, she has a new look, but she doesn't. We're gonna the Matrix is gonna relegate her to elderly black women. Yeah, (laughs) Um, it's just yeah, it was very odd. I would rather they just didn't address it at all and just let her play it, right? Because half of the time she was talking. They, it felt like they were trying to explain, like, L- let me try it. Let me explain without ever explaining any details why this woman looks completely different than she did before. Right. Uh, it was just annoying, and I was just finding myself being like, fuck off and just get <laughs> on with it. I get it. People pass. <laughs> hey, what did the Oracle say to you? What she needed to say. <laughs> What I needed to hear. What she always does. What I needed to hear. (laughs) But no, I'm a human being asking you a question. What did she say to you? What didn't you not say? (laughs) Um, That did sort of trail off as the movie got more action heavy, but like the first... Yeah, because no one was talking anymore. (laughs) Yeah, true, true. They're just screaming while firing guns. (laughs) Your favorite. The first, yeah, the first act of this movie. One day movie, I'm going to fire a gun. Not going to say a word. Oh, that's a shame. The second time I'll do it. But oh, okay. the first time right, I'm not yeah. going to say a word. Smith got new sunglasses, I noticed. Yeah, that's, good for him. You know, I mean, nice. sometimes you're a virus, you're spreading throughout the world, but sometimes you got to take a little use time. <laughs> time for yourselves. <laughs> okay, guys, um, I'm ordering online. How many do we need? 500,000? Got it. <laughs> Well, everyone chip in. Also, don't forget that I'll be the one delivering this to myself. <laughs> Smith 2336. <laughs> I I saw last time when we got all new blazers. That includes tip. <laughs> um, and also at one point, Smith refers to the Oracle as mom. Yes. A detail that's thrown in. So, I mean... It, and I guess that's true of anything that comes from the Matrix, right? Because, true, right. Because that I mean is established in the architects' yeah. long the architect and the Oracle thing the thing. together created the. I mean, for lack of a better, they say like for lack of a better word, if I'm the father, then the Oracle is the mother. But it's also like you can you can just tell me how the <laughs> <laughs> she would be its mother. You're clearly not afraid of words. So, why don't you <laughs> Can put... you use any that have any bearing on this situation? <laughs> uh I do want to say I want to point out one of the my favorite line of dialogue or my favorite line from this movie is uh Agent Smith as you said in your recap has taken over the body of an actual man in the real world. Yes. Bane who for any faults that this movie might have no fault is given to the casting director who cast this man who has a vague Hugo Weaving look to Ish, him. Yeah, Enough yeah. that I'm like, I got it. Yeah. Um, but does this dead on, like, ridiculous 
Agent Smith impression. It's a very good Hugo Weaving as Agent Smith impersonation. It's fantastic. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. Yeah. Um, but heads up, he electrocutes Neo in the eyes, <laughs> which causes Neo's eyes to melt like Hershey Kisses, oh. which any doctor would say is exactly what happens. Uh, and uh, when Trinity, after they've bested uh, Bane, Agent Smith, doing business as Bane, uh, <laughs> DBA Bane, Trinity says, oh, my God, Neo. And Neo says, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> His eyes literally look like burnt marshmallows, and his phrases. And then he cracks, I'm gonna be okay. And then he cracks wise. He's like, "I'm gonna need you to drive," and she's like, oh, "Gives him a hug." I can. I hope I have a dry wit like that when I'm electrocuted in the eyeballs. When I'm an otherwise humorless superhero, <laughs> I hope I can crack wise after my <laughs> eyes are both melted by one single shock to the temple. Shock to the temple. That was a little weird. I think that's it was odd and fine. I, I think it also serves as sort of like a microcosm of this movie where like the metaphor starts to become more important than the movie actually seeming to move on its own momentum. Like right. it's just like, okay, he's blind now. I probably like Teresius in the underworld. Who right. the fuck knows? Yeah. But if it gets us to Machine City so we can end this, let's do this. Yeah, they just they were ready to go. But it to. starts to feel everything starts to feel really weighted with things and I think in an ideal situation things can be you can enjoy something on a one level and then enjoy a second level the more you watch it. But this one it refuses to allow you just that first level. The second right. level is always creeping in and sometimes even overtaking that that sort of shallow level. So that right. You can't even really enjoy what's going on, and no one's doing anything in any logical manner right. because they're so busy keeping this metaphor going. They're like, he's Jesus. And we're like, yeah, I know. I got it. <laughs> I got it one and a half movies ago. Um, it's funny. In that scene where Smith, DBA, Bane. No. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Um, he's like a shell company. Sure, okay, I get it. Uh, when he melts his eyes. But before that, he's trying to get neo to recognize that he's agent smith <laughs> and he's which is crazy it's really funny i thought it was really apropos like how much like neo just does not get it it he's was just very staring blankly and he's like surely you recognize who i am and, like doing this like that was a bad one but, maybe like, not this shell that's disgusting shell so fragile and neo's like what <laughs> and just like but he also utters the Do phrase. I, have to keep, I, I mean, I'm the only person in the movie who calls you Mr. I'm Anderson. like the blacksmith of, <laughs> I don't know. If um, I, you were an anvil, I'd be a blacksmith. I am the agent of change. Emmett Smith from the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, you, That's a blacksmith. Yeah, and Drew Rosenhaus is your agent. No, I get it. Um, oh, Neo, no. <laughs> Let's Anderson. start over. He like has a Pictionary, <laughs> like a sheet, big sheet of paper. <laughs> when Lu- Burt Reynolds is there on the couch, <laughs> uh, but he he utters this phrase: "Look past the soft gelatin of these dull cow eyes," <laughs> which I was like, "Good line." Yeah, I mean, Agent Smith is the bitter queen running laps <laughs> around this movie. It's fantastic anytime he's on screen. Do you think do you think um, when Hugo Re- Weaving read the script, he was mad? But then when he saw the guy's impression, he was like, 
Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, I imagine so. I uh, I feel like he handpicked him. He's like, I know a guy in <laughs> Australia who does a great me. Uh, I also, um, I'm not a designer. I'm not an expert in ergonomics. Okay. But everything in Zion, Surprising, but okay. uh, as they were preparing for the onslaught of uh, Sentinels and what have you, is, um, everything has the worst design. Like, just at face value, I'm immediately like, why would you ever... It's like, all it's all just like like apple apple bins and and <laughs> loose wires. <laughs> Everything is loose wires <laughs> hanging all over the place. If you just not nudge up against a wall accidentally, loose wires come down. Do not down have zip ties in this future. Absolutely not. Um the the kid who we met in the last movie yeah, that the last mouse. movie pretended like we all knew. You know this yeah. guy, right? And I'm like, "No, what? What? You just introduced Um he he sort of gets a job volunteering as like sort of helping load ammunition into yeah. these giant mech suits. The the ED two one T O nine from Robocop. Exactly. No. Oh, is that the one that shoots the executive? Yeah, that's like made of claymation. Right. That's kind of <laughs> how they look. Made of claymation. <laughs> He's made of the animation that uses clay. You know what I mean. Um, you but son it's, of a bitch. He, he like tips it over. He, everything is on a wheelbarrow, so it only has one wheel. These giant <laughs> explosive devices are piled into a wheelbarrow. He accidentally tips it over, gets harassed by some old man, Um who also the movie again is like, you know him, right? I'm like, no, you just introduced him. Is he someone I should know? Don't worry about it. He's already off camera. Uh, um, they have bazookas that need two people to load them for reasons I still can't ascertain because it's not like, it's not like live ammunition like that needs to be like lit up. In fact, there's one scene where a girl, uh, two of the people who are loading it, uh, the first one just has it down on the ground, and she loads, it and then she continues talking to her friend. So I'm like, oh, so there's no reason to have to have a second person load it. It would just take as long as you loading it and then putting it on your shoulder and <laughs> blowing the. Plus, they don't aim anywhere when they fire it. They they move around like Looney Tunes missiles, just like <laughs> woo woo woo. It's nonsense. Then they have these robots that I mean, these are the mech suits, the the yeah. the thing, the Robocop. Uh, they need to grab their guns. They have guns that are hooked onto the back of their backs. And they, like a human would, they need to reach to their backs and grab the guns. I'm like, why wouldn't you just design the guns to be their hands? Do these robots also, like, what, turn wheels and do, like, factory work? Like, why, I mean, could, the, why wouldn't they just have guns in their hands? I mean, that's how it was in, like, in Alien. It was like, in Aliens, it was like, that was for loading things onto ships, and they used it for battle. Right. And this one, it was like, these are for battle. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Anyway, Zion, what a fucking mess. <laughs> but there was lots of yelling and shooting, which <gasps> I know. There was way more than just one shot of that. That guy, that's how he yells. And I feel like after, you know, a few minutes of battle, you'd be hoarse. Yeah. Then how will people know you're shooting? <laughs> Um, we got to witness something, one of nature's most beautiful um, t- things that happen is... I have no idea what you're talking about, so The murmuration of sentinels. <laughs> uh, you know... Uh, Sometimes when sunset, you know, when the sun is setting and, you know, it's, it's feeding time for the sentinels, they come out and they just have... There's a lovely ballet. 
It is it is gorgeous. Uh, you know, the reason that we have sentinels is that that, that a man in England, he wanted to include all the birds that were mentioned in Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. he brought sentinels over to America yeah. and... They just proliferated oh. and then, yeah. And then we've th- got Machine they're, City. They're an invasive species, <laughs> literally. But when you see those murmurations, you, you wonder, just, you know, God had to make them fly, but he didn't have to make it so beautiful. <laughs> God had to make them. I love it. <laughs> what does that mean? I love God's what like. What does it mean? Painted himself into the corner. Oh shit! I gotta get these starlings off the ground. <laughs> All of the action in this movie is like a Universal Studios ride video. Like while you're waiting in line, it's like barely scripted, but very actiony. Like there's a lot going on. Mm-hmm. A lot of people you've never met before. Just like sort of running around, flying around, getting mm-hmm. killed by sentinels. A lot of sentinel scenes. And then and then also when uh Morpheus and Niobe are is that her name? Yeah. They said right. Uh, or Niobe? Niobe? Niobe are like making their way back. They it, the way it's literally set up like a Universal Studios ride. Like you have a screen and you see them <laughs> right. like moving around in their seats, and they're moving in weird directions. Well, and they're going through a mechanical pipe, so that's very windy. And she's a skilled pilot, and so it's like, and it's very much like, come on, everybody! And they're like looking at back at the tourists that are sitting <laughs> in the. <laughs> we gotta do this now. <laughs> yeah. I need you guys to go with me. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about sort of the the climactic fight. Absolutely can't wait which is uh one of the few things that happens without tertiary characters is the main <laughs> focus so 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 neo goes to Times square of machine city yeah and um he gets some flyers for a weird like celebrity tour and he's like no no, no thank you mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. but he makes a he deal blows right past all the broadway shows he <laughs> right uh he i don't know how he makes it. a deal with Literally, the character's name is Deus Ex Machina. Fucking ridiculous. (laughs) And what a machina it was to be deused out of. Um, He makes a deal and says, look, you hate me, I hate you, but Smith's wreaking havoc. Put me in, coach, and let me jack his shit up. Jack me in so I can jack him up. Uh, and then you can jack me out. <laughs> <laughs> and so he gets jacked in. And preposition is so important. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, he goes to rainy Sunday afternoon uh, <laughs> with mm-hmm. Smith. And they fight it out. All the other Smiths. Just watching. They uh, follow the rules. They're all just watching. And I mean, it is actually kind of a great background because they're literally everywhere. Everywhere you go mm-hmm. on every floor of every building, they're yeah, just watching yeah. the fight. It's very unsettling. Because he's he's everyone in the Matrix now. He's basically taking over the whole thing, it seems like. Oh, that's, that's the idea. That the, okay. Yeah. And uh, they have a very big sort of Superman-esque battle because yeah. now they both can fly. Mm-hmm. Uh and uh, you know they're they're punching so fast they're causing like sound uh, I don't know sound waves sonic to booms. Bland, yeah mm-hmm. sonic booms and it causes the rain to fly away and then flood right back. Um, what do you think of the fight? Uh, it was stupid mm-hmm. mostly. I thought some of that stuff was like kind of cool. It just like I th- you said something when we were 
watching, and I think it was in that scene, and I don't want to steal your bit, but you said a little goes a long way. And, <laughs> and I think that they could have learned from that in this because, and you know, I mean, not to like, and this was 2003, so there's a little bit of, of like CGI leeway, but not that much. Right. I was specifically talking about the CGI because there is a slow motion shot that I believe is almost entirely CGI of Neo's fist. You believe slowly. like you're not sure. Who was that? Uh, can we check the <laughs> check my mental records on that? It looked um, like a, a it looked like a oh, very I see good what you're saying. It looked like a very good video game. Punch out. Yeah. <laughs> scene. But it's a scene. slow motion uh shot of Neo punching um Smith yeah. numero uno across the face. Mm-hmm. Um and him like you see <clears> the impact <throat> of the fist and his yeah. lips and blah blah blah. Um, but it's it's so close yet so far, and that's what I was saying. Like a yeah, little bit yeah. goes a long way on yeah. that. I'm like you don't have to do this for us, <laughs> uh, because but it is it is like it's a very we're not long, there yet. Yeah, and it's a very long fight scene too. So there's a lot of those moments. Uh, overall, though, I didn't mind that fight scene until the end when it got into the metaphor again, creeped up to the surface, and it was like. What are you talking about? Yeah, um, I didn't mind that. I like the the setting of the 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 rain so much, rain raining so much that it's actually flooding. Right. I like the flying about. I liked all the unsettling Smiths just silently watching. Yeah, um, like one went, was like nodding in the background. I was yeah, like, what's that Smith up to? Yeah. Um, he forgot to turn his music off. Like, <laughs> He's like got his AirPods in. You can't see him yet. Uh, Future. He, they get like knocked into a building that's very much like the dojo in the first Matrix, yeah. and so they like get some callbacks to that. Like Neo poses like he is ready and like does the. Hand well, he also come does that thing. same thing the with him thing. in the first big brawl they have yeah. in the second movie. Right. Um, that's his signature move. Signature. Mm-hmm. Come here, please. Yeah. I want to kung fu you. <laughs> Uh, I did like that. The end, of course, is uh, Smith, I guess, gets the best, better of Neo. Mm -hmm. Does the uh, Molaram into the chest. Mm -hmm. Neo gets covered in black mercury, Mm -hmm. turned into Agent Smith. But then it doesn't take. Mm -hmm. For some reason, you get the implication that the Matrix does not like this. And so it does. I don't know what, because, well, who knows? It puts more chords into uh, Neo and the smith and the matrix breaks and then all the smiths start to they get destroyed get, they, they blow, blow out their eyes. The eyes well so there was also a thing that is important in that scene which is that at some point smith absorbed the oracle right and she's like inside smith numero uno like fighting back because we hear her talk to neo and then smith gets like scared he doesn't know mm-hmm. what's going on so there's like a few things true yeah but on. we don't know why. It's not clear. But yeah, nothing is made clear. We don't know why. Um, why that's the end of Smith? So it feels like a very. They've built up this very exciting villain yeah. in Smith, and then he's sort of bested by the oracle. The plot. And it feels like yeah. The yeah. plot needs him to be destroyed, so he is destroyed because yeah. Neo is the one, and because Neo is the one, that's why he wins. And it's just like, okay, all right. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of, you know it's a callback to how he destroys sort of destroys him in the first movie. It didn't take either, but because he you know Neo jumps in to Smith and then sure. basically explodes him from inside out, and that's how uh, 
he wins the day the first time because he just like True. can't beat him by conventional methods. So this time he like lets Smith absorb him, but then he's still inside and has enough power. But it also kills him. Like he does die. Right. So, and I actually don't think I realized that the first time. But yeah. I guess so. Yeah. We never see. Neil did. He gets dragged away by some robot. Cute. A cute, cute spider robot. robot. Yeah. Uh, do you want to go to the Verks or do you have anything else? I uh, know that's done. All but- right. <laughs> Oh, wow. How did we get here so fast? I don't know. It just happened. Feels like just yesterday I was in Machine City, and here I am at the verdict. <laughs> you want to go first? What is your verdict? Okay, so I, I was a little bit more lenient on number two than I expected I would be. Um, but this movie is no good. Well, no, that's, that's not true. But I will say you're in a child is an idiot on this one. Um, the Smith fight I, I actually enjoyed, and there were a few moments I did enjoy, but this movie, uh, it's got a fucking that fuck the 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 attack on Zion like goes on and on and on. Yeah. And I'm like, sometimes I can tolerate long battle scenes, the Battle of Minas Tirith, for example. Mm-hmm. But they're usually broken up and like visually somewhat. Yeah, they have to have their own arc, right? You know? And this yeah. one, it's just like we're in the same domed room fighting at the same breach in the wall over and over and over again it feels like except for those scenes that ruby rose and lynn thigpen are you know (laughs) trying to fire at the the drill bits but it's it just feels very repetitive i'm like where are we going it's 16 shots of this old man in a mech suit firing at a hole and just yelling um it just goes on and on yeah uh the metaphor just overwhelms the film at times uh and just becomes exhausting um there's a fucking machine called Deus Ex Machina, for Christ's sake. Yeah. They're just like real big gaping parts of this movie that don't work, uh, that string together the parts that sometimes do work. And I think we've sort of touched on this a few times, uh, and I've sort of touched on it with how the metaphor just overwhelms the plot of the movie. Right. But it sometimes reminds me of like when I would read Lord of the Rings to bring it back to Lord of the Rings, as I usually do. <laughs> Uh, reading Lord of the Rings, you can tell that like J.R.R. Tolkien's really thought about the history and all the, the geography and the language of this place. Right. And sometimes it can overwhelm the plot because he goes off on tangents telling me the history of Helm's Deep. And I'm like, get to the battle already. Right, right. Uh, and it's appreciative because it's obvious that he put a lot of thought into this. But sometimes it can like he wants to show off how much he's thought about this. So much that it like brings the story to a standstill, and in a different way, the Matrix. It's I feel like it's obvious that they they know how this works, that the Wachowskis know I how this world it, yeah. works, but sometimes they just introduce new ideas. For example, the Train Man, yeah, and don't flesh them out. And I'm like, this is a very interesting idea, but it didn't seem like it really serves any purpose, right? Other than to seem like an interesting idea. It doesn't really yeah. forward the plot. It just sort of seems to stall out the first act of this movie. The Merovingian just happens to be there, and I don't really understand. Is he just like a, a terrorist within the Matrix? How is he different than Agent Smith? Like, what is his deal? Um, when they do, they do it just not th- to... things happen, and I, yeah. it seems like there's thought behind them, but they're not welcoming us, the audience, to what those things are. Right, and I don't, I'm not to interrupt your train of thought, but like no, they, 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 they 
instead of having a fleshed out, interesting thing, they use like five full pages of expo- expository <laughs> dialogue. But, but not really expository. But it's not expository. It's like... <laughs> it exposes nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's just like some real cagey back and forth that references the thing that you're asking questions about as an audience member, but it doesn't actually... A, explain them very well or show anything. B, you I, know, I think like, especially in the third movie of a trilogy, this movie is far too cute for its own good. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times that dialogue is just bordering on like, I'm not going to tell you. And I'm mm-hmm. like, no, tell me now. We'll explore tell this me now. <laughs> in Matrix 4. Come on back. Come back in 2022, y'all. Yeah. Uh, so it's a very frustrating movie, especially the end of a trilogy that is deliberately obtuse. Um, when you feel like I don't need everything spoon fed to me, but at some point I would like some answers to the questions that you've obviously been building towards. Right. And it's a, sometimes a very frustrating movie. So yes, I will say you're in a child's an idiot. You finally broke me matrix. (laughs) Agreed. You're in a child's an idiot. This movie's trash. (laughs) Um, anything positive for this movie? I mean, you know, I, I like some things here and there. I think, you know, I do think it, it went on, but it did, you know. It definitely went on. No, I mean, it went on too long. Oh. And it, it, you know, I was like a lot of the sequences involved these characters that were like, I just feel like, and maybe it's because we just watched it, but I'm like, I feel like we never like. No, we don't know who these people are. Like the, you know, the main characters that are still in this movie that we've been with the whole time, like Morpheus has almost nothing to do in this movie. Yeah. He definitely just sort of seems to be looking at things and going, I trust you. He has screen time, but he doesn't like say much. He doesn't do much. Um, We have uh, Morpheus, Trinity. Trinity just gets offed. Yeah, and, you know, Trinity does, like, her love for Neo and Neo's love for, like, is supposed to kind of drive the plot. And, you know, like, okay. The overwhelming chemistry between these right. two. And, but, like, when we're in the ba- big battle sequence in Zion, we're, like, focused on these characters that we've either just met or haven't met. Yeah. Or it feels like we've just met. Even though they were, like, in the last movie, they weren't a focus of the last movie. Like, the the, the mousy guy who loads ammunition. Yeah. And the, the older general guy. Yeah. I feel like we just meet him in this movie and the movie sort of almost like what just sort of like, you know, the old general archetype that. Yeah. Just fill it in and, and fe- have feelings for him. Like, yeah. I don't know this guy. When even like Link, who is who is part of la- the last movie and he's also in this movie, but he's not a focus either. Until the end. See- and then it's like, ah, yeah, just pretend he was in this movie for the whole time. When you get to see like his wife is the one that's helping uh, the Ruby Rose looking lady uh, load the bazookas and stuff like she's they're fighting. And it's like. It's nods toward character development, but it's not character development, or at least right. not satisfying character development for me. Like it's like, I think you're on the right track. Take it back to the writers' room, cut like thirty percent of the battle and CGI stuff, put more character development shit in, so we give a shit when the general guy is lacerated in the face, and we have to stare at his gaping wounds for ten minutes. Yeah, that I am, and Ruby Rose also gets off, and yeah. I don't even think we know her name. But we don't even know the is, actress's name. <laughs> it's not Ruby Rose. Um, uh, Link's wife, bald who's with white him, lady. She she yells her name, and it's almost like Moonchild in Neverending <laughs> Story. I'm like, who? What was her what? name? What, what was that? Well, 
no, this is bad. My inner child personally is not an idiot because I did not like this. But You're I did. A hero. But I liked it more than the second one, which I was wrong about. So but I'm back around to your inner child is an idiot. Uh, the second movie, which is bad, is better than this one. I think. Okay, gotcha. And that's not how I felt when it first came out. So I was wrong, and I'm sorry, everyone. Thank and listen, we on behalf of everyone except listen. Your if I offended anyone with my edgy comedy, <laughs> you know that's that's on you for listening to me talk. What do you think, everybody? Email us your inner child is an idiot at gmail Tell us what else you want us to watch and talk about. Tell us what you think about the Matrix. Tell us what you think about Short Circuit. We'll we'll we don't, we don't care. Give what a are shit. we doing? Go ahead. You can call us 615-576-0525. Leave a message. We'll play it on the show. You can become a patron of the show. You can help us keep creating this. We are speaking on brand new microphones. Oh, yeah. Thank you, patrons. Thanks to our patrons because our old microphones were bad and also stopped working. So <laughs> two-factor. To be honest, the, two factor second, the second factor was more of the reason why we're upgrading. But uh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we want to thank our current patrons, including Just Cuz. Jacob Grimm. Corey Cummings. Brandon Hardy. Christine in Brooklyn. His Honor the Mayor. Jeremy Pallon. Joshua Nicholson. Karen Curd. Larissa Maestro. Dan McIntyre. Ghost in the Burbs. And Jonathan Day. We thank you guys very much. Mr. Anderson, perhaps uh, you recognize my out-of-control eyebrow movements? What? What? Or perhaps the distinct Who way- are you? Well, I'm I'm trying to sort of get to that. Tell if me you, who you are. Right. I understand. But maybe if you think about are the you number. The, are you the Bane okay. from Batman or a different Bane? Because <laughs> I'm not related to that Doesn't Bane. seem like a name a lot of people have. Well, I feel like you're cutting me off a lot while I'm trying to tell you who, who I am. But oh. I think. <laughs> you know what? I'm just going to slice through these. <laughs>